0: Hello, horror fanatics! I'm Frank. And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast.
1: Oh! The, the horror. horror! Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy. If
0: you like what you hear, rate, review, and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of
1: podcasts. You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions. Woo-hoo! Woo! To OTH at seriouslydecent.com, our email, of course. Mm-hmm. You can check out our website as well, OTheHorrorPodcast.com. You
0: can do those things. Yep.
1: Catch all the episodes, yep. back catalog.
0: See what you can see.
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. The, uh, what was going on just before we started there? What do you mean? Yeah, you looked all weird.
0: Oh, there was a weird thing under my fingernail. And I was oh. like, what is this? Yeah. Like, do I want to know? Because I'm on a great run lately.
1: Yeah. Yeah. How you doing?
0: I mean, okay.
1: Aside from that fall.
0: <laughs> Those of you who know me know, I'm clumsy. Grace. I'm I'm graceful. Yeah. Delicate. I'm a ballerina. Yeah. That's what I am. I'm not Malibu Barbie. Yeah. So I, I took a digger on the ice last night.
1: <laughs> I was in the car, had no idea, oblivious of the whole thing. Totally oblivious.
0: <laughs> and my response to you was, hey, um, there's some black ice in the driveway. Yeah. And I'm sitting
1: there like, I don't know why this concerns me. And You're then like, I proceed okay. I proceed to hear the story. Yeah. Yeah. Happy Valentine's.
0: Hey. Yeah. Happy you know, Valentine's. It's funny Day. the
1: the two people here that don't celebrate valentine's at all the the hallmark holiday no we don't but to those uh our fans
0: rumor has it st valentine was also the patron saint of beekeepers so if valentine Mm -hmm. isn't your thing yeah celebrate the bees
1: get in the bees yeah yeah well happy valentine's to everyone sure you know it's a good day to at least acknowledge your loved one exists if you don't you Um, know if you have that kind of dynamic where
0: could i interject for a second sure If you need a day to be reminded that you love the person that you're with. Lay it down. Maybe you're not with the right person. Yeah. Because you should be showing that love and expressing that love Mm -hmm. every single day.
1: And that's where our segue comes in to talk about two people who had a lot in common.
0: The Ken and Barbie killers, because the couple that slays together stays together until they get arrested, till their trial,
1: <laughs> till their trial. Yeah. Then yeah. they, uh, then the real, uh, then the real feelings, the real feels come out.
0: Tell me how you really feel. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit.
1: What? A, yeah. What a story. And you know what's great about this story? It's from lovely Canada.
0: Oh, hey Canada. Yeah. Hey, thanks. Yeah.
1: It's a. Uh, where Canada always has that reputation of being, oh, just Shout nice, out to friendly. You Canada,
0: nice, friendly.
1: <laughs> Everybody loves each other.
0: Well, I mean, hey, uh, no one country. Um, oh no, no holds the the winning ticket for having the worst people because no, no, there are shitty ass people everywhere.
1: Well, I will say, as we start going through this, though, I think Canada's attitude toward this is why I think you can't have this blatant, relenting idea that there's good in everyone. Correct. I think you can hope that there's but good you in everyone, can't but you can't or believe
0: or believe that there as is a, good as in a foundation yes. of
1: human beings. Yeah, you, no, can't, you can't, you can't throw that belief down. No, the hope you can, yes. you can hope that there's good in someone you can hope. But, but at the end of the day, you have to, the creative director blast one. Is it smelling in it's here. either
0: him or my feet. Oh, okay. I'm not sure. Well,
1: you're both on that <laughs> side, stay on that side. The uh no, and and I think this really is compelling. I think this is one of the more compelling parts of the story. It's just Canada's yeah. reaction yes. overall. Yes. And then how the mob mentality kind of turns from Yes. being the oh, let's think everybody's good and nice and then all of a sudden burn them. Yeah. Just burn them.
0: Yeah.
1: Who? yeah. That's him. Yeah. That's, if your feet smell like that, we got to talk. Wow.
0: I should see somebody. Damn, Dean.
1: We got a podcast to do. You can't be blowing the studio out. Yikes. So we got Paul Bernardo.
0: And uh, Carla Homolka. Yeah. I have one source.
1: One source.
0: Murderpedia.org. Yeah. Holy fuck. I got to tell you guys. If you wanna know about murderers or murders in general, this is the place to go.
1: Yeah, yeah, it is good uh it is a good site.
0: It's it was fantastic. So we
1: uh we actually saw the Ken and Barbie Killer Secret Tape documentary. It's a four part series. I highly recommend it. Right now it's not under free streaming, so Yeah, you gotta we, pay uh, for it. Yeah, we purchased it and we'll expense it.
0: Yeah, we took the hit for you totally. guys. Yeah,
1: yeah, but it's good.
0: Yeah, you it's can really wait good. for it. I'm sure at some point it'll, it'll be free on streaming. It'll
1: come around. Uh, they'll they'll put it out and definitely, uh, yeah, give it a watch. I I like the flow that they did with it. It's they actually did...
0: not gonna lie. It's pretty similar yeah. to how *Murderpedia* broke. Well, it out.
1: they did it in the timeline of the legal.
0: Yes, view they of did. Because yep. the
1: legal view of this has a separate deal than just knowing everything that happened. Right. Uh, I have, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. I have eight <laughs> sites that I went from, uh,
0: one and done, babe. Yeah. One and done. <laughs> uh, well,
1: you know, I like to read a lot of different sources yeah. to see. Plus I've been testing some browsers, which I'm going to speak on that at the end of the episode. Okay. Here, Cause I think it's, I think it's worth worth mentioning. mentioning? Uh, I wikied Carla and Paul mm-hmm. separately. Yes. And then uh, I went to Investigation Discovery. I went to uh, Independent out in the UK to see what their uh, thoughts their were. See what thoughts, they had to say? See what their thoughts were. Newsweek, just to see kind of the prime deal of it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and it was fairly recent. It was 12, 13, 21. Okay. So I wanted to check that out. Ranker. I always got to check Ranker out because they always got like top 15, top 10 things, you right. know. yeah. Always see if there's something different there. And then uh, there is uh, thecriminalcode.com, and this is by a Dr. Clarissa Cole, and she's a doctor of forensic psychology. She has uh, a lot of experience with criminals, uh, sex offenders, killers, gang members, And she began uh, her career in a state hospital for the criminally insane, moved to the prisons. And basically what she does, uh, at least at the time of this writing, is uh, she supervises risk assessments across the state.
0: So she works with the best of the best of people.
1: Well, yeah. And, you know, I don't want to paint her in a corner because I'm sure she's done some just amazing work. Right. This case really does show the flaws of psychiatry. I forensic think, psychiatry. I think
0: it can only go so far.
1: Yeah, and uh, you know, after we get through the meat and potatoes of what these two did. Yeah. Um so to start off, if you're a sensitive person, if you're triggered easily, Yeah. If you uh don't like to hear anything other than your own beliefs. Yeah. You're probably going to have a hard time with this episode. Yeah, we've said it before. Season two, we're in. We're rolling up our sleeves. We got done with the easy ones. Yeah, we're these are the heavy, dirty. These are the heavier ones, and we're going to talk about some uncomfortable things. But I think in the current climate at this time, and I'd like to take this pause because it really kind of goes to the whole Joe Rogan thing that's been going around. Yeah. We need to start hearing other people's opinions on things.
0: Correct. You need to hear the other side. Yeah. You can't just continually hear one side of an argument and leave it at that.
1: Yeah. And and the whole thing of it is, is you you can't just be in your own little social bubble. No. It's dangerous for you. I'm going
0: to present a challenge. If you are someone who is Easily triggered, or mm-hmm. you are super sensitive. I think you should put yourself in that uncomfortable position to hear these things, yeah, so that you realize that it is out there. Well, you need to at least grasp onto the notion.
1: I think that what it's people there. I think it's what people real. No, I think what people need to do is become. Because this is the way I was growing up. Well, just sit on this for a couple, couple minutes, but okay. I think people aren't becoming quests for knowledges anymore. Like they don't go yep. on a quest no. for knowledge. When I was younger, I wanted to know everything. Agreed. I wanted to know everything, all the nooks and crannies, the dirty, the golden, yep. the sunny, the dark, yep. all of it. Yep. And I don't understand the climate at this point where like you only know your little thing.
0: You just get a narrative and And that's
1: it. And for example, this is where I know it's gotten out of control. The Joe Rogan thing spun up all this stuff, but there was some guy, I don't know his name, it was sports or whatever, and they asked him if he were to have an interview with anyone, living or dead, who would it be? Mm -hmm. And he said Adolf Hitler, which I thought was probably one of the greatest answers ever. Yeah. And they went fucking crazy. Mm Mm-hmm. They went crazy over this guy and he had to come out and apologize and all this crazy stuff. And I thought, here's where we're in a big problem where you can't even say a hypothetical thing about Hitler. This is how bad we're at with it. But think about it. That would be the great conversation to have. Because you'd be like, dude, why Why? do you think like this? Like, why do you think? What happened? Well, not even, not even what happened. Just why? Why? Yeah. Why are you doing all Mm -hmm. this? And just have like a two hour, three hour conversation with a guy. And even though you're going to leave and say, holy shit, this guy's fucking crazy.
0: What the fuck did I just listen to? But what people
1: have to understand is, is that that person's going to exist, whether you allow it or Or not. not. If you don't want to listen to it, they're still going to exist.
0: Worse. You can't cancel it out. You can't wipe away the bad things that happened in the past.
1: No, they're the best learning lessons in the world because if you got rid of Hitler and everything that he did and everything that he stood for, the next Hitler is going to come out of nowhere because you don't know that exists.
0: Correct.
1: It's as simple as that. Yep. Now, I don't know how people are going to stop this. I really don't. I... Personally, and I say this all the time, I think we're on the decline. Yeah, I hate saying it. Mm-hmm. I hate thinking about it. But the fact is, is I just don't see how you can turn around from this. Right. It's tough. And this is where I'd like to segue into this discussion with the Ken and Barbie killers. Yeah, because I really think it it is that type it of thing. It is kind of relevant. It's where it's very they were relevant. like,
0: "Oh no, you know, you know, here's a guy and a girl." Clearly, the guy's got to be the bad guy.
1: Well, and we'll get to that. So, so
0: let's get into it.
1: Yeah. So you want to you want to kick this steer. off? Yeah. Okay. Um.
0: So Paul Kenneth Bernardo, he actually had an alias that he used. Yeah. Paul Jason Teal. He was known as the Scarborough rapist, and he was also dubbed the schoolgirl killer. Yeah. Uh, he is classified as a serial killer. Uh, he is a serial rapist. His number of victims is at three plus. The plus is more toward the rapes.
1: Yeah, they he did
0: have several they say rapes. three
1: killed. Correct. Th- at least fourteen rapes. Correct. And six attempted rapes. Yes. Just to get the numbers. So the up. dates
0: of the murders were between December nineteen ninety and April nineteen ninety two. The date of his arrest was February seventeenth, nineteen ninety three. His date of birth was August twenty seventh, nineteen sixty four. His victims were Tammy Homolka, fifteen; Leslie Mahaffey, fourteen; and Kristen French, fifteen. The method of murder was poisoning and strangulation. This was located in Ontario, Canada. In his status, he was sentenced to twenty five years in prison on September first, nineteen ninety five. Later, Bernardo was also declared a dangerous offender. Which in Canada when you're declared a dangerous offender, that's essentially stating you're not ever eligible for parole. Yeah. You don't get that moniker. He couldn't even qualify.
1: He couldn't even qualify for what they call day parole. Yeah. And that's a that's a thing that they actually try to be pretty lenient towards. And they're just basically they put him in a pen and they're turning their back. Bye. Yeah.
0: So he was born into a wealthy but dysfunctional family. His mother was Marilyn, um, who had been adopted by a well-to-do Toronto lawyer, Gerald Eastman, and his wife Elizabeth, and she was raised in a stable household. His father Kenneth was the son of an Englishwoman and an Italian immigrant who created a highly successful marble and tile business, but uh, he was abusive to his wife and children. So instead of entering the family business, Kenneth Bernardo, which is Paul's father, became an accountant. After um, her father had disapproved of an earlier boyfriend, Eastman married Bernardo in 1960. So like his father, Kenneth Bernardo was said to be abusive to Marilyn, and Marilyn, after giving birth to a son and a daughter, began seeing a former boyfriend. She became pregnant and gave birth birth to paul kenneth bernardo on august 27th 1964 and kenneth bernardo tolerated his wife's affair and is listed as the biological father on paul's birth certificate in 1975 kenneth bernardo fondled a girl and was charged with uh child molestation this is paul's father yeah he was also sexually abusing his own daughter so Bernardo's mother became depressed over her husband's abuse, withdrew from family life, and lived in the basement of their Scarborough home. Though the elder children felt the effects of the emotional and mental turmoil, young Paul appeared to be unscathed by it. In his book, Lethal Marriage, Nick Pron described the young Bernardo as, quote, He was always happy, a young boy who smiled a lot. He was so cute with his dimpled good looks and sweet smile that many of the mothers just wanted to pinch him on the cheek whenever they saw him. He was the perfect child they all wanted. Polite, well-mannered, doing well in school, so sweet in his Boy Scout uniform, end quote. Following an argument between his parents when Bernardo was 16, his mother told him of his actual parentage. Repulsed, he began openly to call his mother slob and whore. Bernardo graduated from Sir Wilfred Laurier Collegiate Institute, opting to work for, wait for it, Amway, (laughs) whose sales culture had a deep effect on him. Quote, he bought the books and tapes of famous motivational get-rich-and-famous experts, end quote. Bernardo and his friends practiced their techniques on young women they met in bars and were very successful. Mm -hmm. By the time Bernardo attended University of Toronto Scarborough, he had developed dark sexual fantasies and he enjoyed humiliating women in public and beating up the women that he dated. In October, 1987, he met Carla Hamolka. They became sexually interested in each other and sexually active almost immediately. Unlike the other girls he knew, she encouraged his sadistic sexual behavior, also encouraging his acts as the Scarborough rapist. So Bernardo committed multiple sexual assaults escaping. um, They actually escalated in viciousness in and around Scarborough, Ontario. And most of the assaults were on young women whom he had stalked after they exited buses late in the evening. Mm -hmm. So May 4th, 1987 is his first rape in Scarborough against a 21-year-old woman in front of her parents' house after following her home. The attack lasted more than half an hour. And I'm going to give you these points because it shows that his escalation. Mm -hmm. May 14th, 1987, Bernardo committed his second rape. He attacked a 19-year-old woman in the backyard of her parents' house. This incident lasted over an hour. Mm -hmm. July 27th, 1987, Bernardo attempted his third rape. Although he beat the young woman, he abandoned the attack after she fought back because he's a pussy. (laughs) December 16th, 1987, Bernardo committed his third rape against a 15-year-old girl. This rape lasted about one hour. The following day, the Toronto Police Service issued a warning to women in Scarborough traveling alone at night, especially those taking buses. December 23rd, 1987, Bernardo committed his fourth rape. During this attack, Bernardo raped the 17-year-old girl with a knife he used to threaten his victims. It was at this point he began to be referred to as the Scarborough Scarborough Rapist. April 18, 1988, he attacked a 17-year-old. The fifth assault, this one lasted 45 minutes. May 25, 1988, Bernardo was nearly caught by a uniformed Metro Toronto investigator staking out a bus shelter. The investigator noted uh, noticed him hiding under a tree and pursued him on foot, but Bernardo escaped. May 30th, 1988, Bernardo committed his sixth rape, this time in Clarkson, about 25 miles southwest of Scarborough. This attack was against an 18-year-old and lasted 30 minutes. October 4th, 1988, Bernardo attempted a sem- seventh Scarborough rape. His intended victim fought him. Fought him off, but he inflicted two stab wounds to her thigh and buttock, which required 12 stitches. November 16th, 1988, Bernardo committed his seventh rape against an 18-year-old in the backyard of her parents' house. November 17th, 1988, Metro Police. This is the next day formed a special tax, task force dedicated to capturing the Scarborough rapist. December 27th, 1988, an alerted neighbor chased Bernardo off after he begun his attempted eighth rape. June 20th, 1989, Bernardo attempted to rape another young woman. So
1: just to pause there for a mm-hmm. second. So basically what he was doing was basically for a year. hmm Escalating in frequency yeah. of like time. Yep. And also more violent.
0: I think he was, I'm getting the impression he was an opportunity guy. Yeah. So he could go, because there were some times when it was like maybe a week difference between the rapes. Mm -hmm. Or other times it's months. Well, I I think think it's like anything too.
1: Like they say with people that commit serial murders and things like you have your first, I'm going to quote Silence of the Lambs a bit. (laughs) <laughs> cause, but no, it yeah. actually fits. It's the first couple that's where they're learning. Yeah, they're like figuring, they're figuring it, out. it all out yep. how it works and mm-hmm. things go wrong mm-hmm. and things like that. I think what's amazing though is like one would fail. I forget the date of the one that failed, and like, and then like a couple days later, he's yeah. right back at it. So what he needed was that whole process to be done. Yeah, it wasn't just the attempt that was fulfilling. Yes. I think that's a critical thing to learn there. Yeah. And I imagine that's what probably scared people as well is that, you know, not only can they not catch this person. Yeah. And that's where the documentary of yeah. the Lost Tapes thing really caught it well is just the the fear at that time. Yeah. Of people. And they were I, interviewing people off the street at that time covering the news coverage. Yeah. And it would be nerve wracking because here you got like a 20 square mile area and you're getting four rapes. Yeah. A year the and they all have the same me, calling card so it's the same person. Right.
0: In the documentary is they only reference three or four rapes. So if you just simply watch the documentary, you're like, okay, so he raped a couple people. And it's more than that. He did rape more. No, it was
1: more than that, but they also had a larger story at deal. I get the editing they had to do with that. So
0: June twentieth, nineteen eighty nine, Bernardo attempted to rape another young woman and she fought against him and her screams alerted neighbors and Bernardo fled with scratches on his face. August fifteenth, nineteen eighty nine, Bernardo committed his eighth rape against a twenty two year old woman. He had stalked her the previous night from outside the window of her apartment and waited for her to arrive home. This particularly vicious attack lasted two hours. November uh, 21st, 1989, Bernardo committed his ninth rape against a 15-year-old whom he saw in a bus shelter. This attack lasted 45 minutes. December 22nd, 1989, Bernardo committed his 10th rape against a 19-year-old, and this attack occurred in a stairwell of an underground parking lot and lasted 30 minutes. May 26, 1990, Bernardo committed his 11th rape. This rape lasted over an hour. However, his 19-year-old victim's vivid recollection of her attacker permitted police to make a computer composite photograph, which was released two days later by police and published in Toronto and area newspapers. Mm-hmm. July 1990... Two months after receiving tips that Bernardo fit the Scarborough rapist composite, he was interviewed by two police detectives. So now we'll get into his investigation and release. Between May and September of 1990, the police had submitted more than 130 suspect samples for DNA testing when they received two reports that the person they were seeking was Paul Bernardo. The first in June had been called in by a bank employee. The second call was received from Tina Smyrnas, the wife of one of the three Smyrnas brothers who were among Bernardo's closest friends. Smyrnas told the detectives that Bernardo had been called in on a previous rape investigation once in December 1987, but he had never been interviewed. He frequently talked about his sex life to Smyrnas and like um, analingus, rough sex and anal sex. Alex Smyrnas' phrasing was awkward and stilted and consequently left the detectives unsure of whether to take him seriously. But after cross-checking several files, the detectives decided to interview Bernardo. The interview on November 20th, 1990, lasted 35 minutes, and Bernardo voluntarily gave samples for forensic testing. When the detectives asked Bernardo why he thought he was being investigated for the rapes, he admitted that he did resemble the composite. The detectives concluded that such a well-educated, well-adjusted, congenial young man couldn't be responsible for the vicious crimes. He was, quote, far more credible than Alex Smyrnas, who, with his awkward, strange way of speaking, might just be trying to collect the reward. Paul, Mer- Paul Bernardo was released the following day. Yeah. So they had. they had. Oh, it. yeah. No,
1: they had him. and yep. And they all confess it was a massive failure. Of investigating on their end. You know, that's the one thing I'll give the Canadian police credit yeah. on this and the legal groups. You know, I think what's notable at this point that people got to understand as well is him and Carla got together in 87. Yes. When all of these that you just rattled off yeah, happened.
0: Happened. Yeah.
1: And and that's a a, a pin you got to put up on the, uh, the board here. Right. To put as a note. Cause the Carla story itself brings in a different narrative to it, but people have to understand that she was with him. I say with him, not living with him, but spending a lot of time with him.
0: Yes, she was. They were seeing each other pretty much almost as soon as they met each other. Yeah.
1: As soon as they met each other, they were seeing each other all the time. They had these, all these videos together doing things. They were inseparable. Uh, in- I
0: gotta say, the thing I found the most, I mean, I remember the video camera being a big thing, you mm-hmm. know, when it first came out, but like they documented everything their entire life. Yeah, everything. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, following the interview, Bernardo drove to St. Catherine's and held a secret meeting with Hamulka, and he assured her that he was not the Scarborough rapist. Bernardo moved permanently to St. Catharines on February 1st, 1991. The sexual assaults in Scarborough had stopped. However, on April 6th, 1991, Bernardo committed his 12th rape, this one in St. Catharines. Again, the victim was young, 14. Unlike the other attacks, this one occurred early in the morning, and he was not near a bus stop. So between May and September of 1990, the police had submitted that's when they submitted all of their samples, and it wouldn't be until much later that they realized they had his yeah, DNA. Yeah, well, and on this filed.
1: also speaks of the times where you're dealing with 1990. You didn't have this fully integrated internet and fully yeah. inter uh, interlinked and interconnected databases for police forces. Right. Police forces were working very independently, so you yeah. literally could do what he did: yeah. move an hour away into like another county, another town and just do what you do. And the cops don't talk to each other. There's right. no precinct uh, communication from one precinct to another or a county. Mm-hmm. And and that's where you see these these gaps. Right. So the lid kind of, you would think would blow off with You going over to the sister at this point? Yeah, I'm going
0: over to, actually, I'm going into, I'm trying to find, um, because I broke this out in a couple things, and I'm trying to find the Carla section.
1: And, you know, if you're a new listener to the podcast, this is where you realize that we don't do our notes together. We don't (laughs) choreograph the show together. And this one was pretty complicated. We actually had a, a couple discussions leading up to this, and we figured this would be the better way to approach it. This is probably the most planning we've done for an episode period.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: But yeah, I I'll emphasize it again uh, while you're scrolling around Jen, that basically, you know, people have to understand that the list of rapes that you just rattled off, they were together that whole time. Yeah. And as we start to get deeper into their relationship and how they were working things and how the legal moves were made by both of them,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it's revealing.
0: Yeah, it, it really is. So I don't actually have in my notes. I just have they were engaged in 1990. I don't have when they actually Well, they got married got in married. 19
1: they got married in 1991. And shortly after that's where Tammy Homolka comes into to play. Yeah,
0: I actually have the date that that started. I'm I'm just
1: he became like, I a,
0: have how much they spent on their wedding, but I don't have the date yeah, of well, the
1: wedding. <laughs> yeah, but uh, well, basically, during the summer of 1990, before that, that's when Paul Bernardo started becoming becoming attracted to Tammy Homoka, her mm-hmm. younger sister. Basically, this is where they were hatching the plan to um, get Bernardo.
0: Yeah, he kept saying all along when he was with... Carla that, you know, he loved her, she was the best, but the thing that upset him the most was that uh, she wasn't a virgin when they got together, and he became obsessed with virginity, at which point he turned his attention, if you will, to Tammy, Carla's younger sister, and he essentially was he presented that he would like to take Tammy's virginity. And this piece of shit was like, okay.
1: So, so basically what you had was you had Carla luring her, her sister into this ploy. She, she lured her in. And at this point, this is where she had the, um, anesthetic uh or uh, halothane it's called it's yeah. an anesthetic ana- agent and she got this from a vet clinic where she worked. She was working yeah and and basically it was after a christmas party on december 23rd 1990 yes. at the homoka household yes.
0: it was tammy's deflowering that was the big day yeah
1: and <laughs> basically the the couple raped Tammy yes. while she was unconscious. Yeah. Uh, he used
0: his new video camcorder to take videos of Mr. and Mrs. Homolka, their daughters, Carla, Tammy, and Lori, and the Christmas decorations in the house. Paul plied Tammy with drinks laced with the uh, sedative Halcyon. The effects of the drugs and alcohol were swift, and Tammy was out cold on the couch in no time. When the other members of the household went up to bed, Carla and Paul started to work on Tammy. Paul held the camera on Tammy while he raped her, leaving Carla to keep the halothane-laden rag over her sister's face. Then he ordered Carla to make sexual advances to her sleeping sister. Suddenly, Tammy threw up. Carla wished her sister hadn't eaten before this event, but Carla knew what to do. She did what they did in the veterinary clinic. She held her sister upside down to try to clear her throat. Only problem was that Tammy had choked to death. Their amateur attempts to revive her failed, so they dressed her, hid their their drugs and camera, and called an ambulance. The first that Tammy and Carla's parents knew of this tragedy was when they heard the ambulance pull up to the house. Everybody was led to believe that Tammy had died from accidentally choking on her vomit.
1: So so basically what they did is they hid the evidence, did the laundry, redressed Tammy. She had a chemical burn on her face, and they moved her into the basement. Yes. They did all that before they called 911. Correct. And then a few hours later she was pronounced dead at the hospital. Uh but never gained reconscious or consciousness. Consciousness. And, yeah, and she died. Yeah, and Bernardo told police that he had unsuccessfully tried to revive her and basically they ruled the death as an accident.
0: Yes. They after did.
1: after all it was done. Despite
0: the the chemical burn on her face. Yeah.
1: Again, this is like it's time after time you just see failure, failure, failure on the legal end, the the policing end, the investigative end. There were so many different flags that would have come up. And again, hindsight being twenty twenty with some things. Yeah. But this is just it's unbelievable. And it just gets keeps getting worse and worse.
0: Yeah. So um after Tammy passed Paul continually harped that Tammy was no longer available to him for his sexual pleasure and blamed Carla for causing her death. Carla searched for a replacement for Tammy, someone very young and virginal. Carla knew just the right person, a teenager named Jane, who looked very much like Carla's dead sister, uh, Tammy. So Jane would be Carla's wedding gift to Paul. Yeah. Jane idolized Carla as a beautiful, sophisticated role model and gratefully accepted Carla's invitation to the Bernardo's new home they rented at 57 Bayview. The the first evening, Carla took Jane to dinner and spent hours talking to her and plying her with sweet alcoholic drinks. Jane passed out and slept deeply. After Jane had passed out from the Halcyon tablets that Carla had put in her drinks, Carla called Paul over for his surprise gift. He was thrilled when he saw how much Jane resembled Tammy, and she was a virgin as well. He was a bit concerned that Carla was using the same halothane that killed Tammy to subdue Jane, but Carla convinced him that she was in control of the situation this time. Once they undressed Jane, Paul videotaped Carla as she made love to the sleeping girl. Then Paul took her virginity. With that accomplished and memorialized in the videotape, he moved on to his favorite fun, a brutal kind of anal sex. Jane was so drugged that she did not wake up during the whole ordeal. Carla was left to clean the blood off the 15-year-old girl and put her uh, to bed for the night. (laughs) The next morning, Jane, who was very sick to her stomach and understandably sore, met Paul, she thought, for the first time. Jane had no idea what had really happened to her.
1: Yeah, this is the Jane Doe...
0: That they refer to. That they refer
1: to in pretty much anything that they talk about. And the narrative that you were explaining is basically Carla Homolka's side of the story. Yes. Like, this isn't a full uh, confirmation with Bernardo. Correct. And this, this reveals is, a bit further yeah. later, because after Jane Doe, there was Leslie Mahaffey.
0: Yep. I'm going to her next. Yep. Uh, right. And this was early in the morning on June 15th, 1991. Bernardo took a detour through Burlington, halfway between Toronto and St. Catharines, to steal license plates where he found Leslie Mahaffey. The 14-year-old had missed her curfew after attending a funeral and was locked out of her house and had been unable to find anyone with whom she could stay overnight. So, essentially, because she was locked out of her house and she was out on the street, that made her... Not only a target, but ultimately a victim. Yeah. Bernardo approached her, told her he was looking to break into a neighbor's house. Unfaced, she asked if he had any cigarettes. As Bernardo led her to his car, he blindfolded her, forced her into the vehicle, and drove her to Port Lucy, where he invo- informed Homolka that they had a playmate. Bernardo and Homolka subsequently videotaped themselves torturing and sexually abusing Mahaffey, all while listening to Bob Marley and Dave Bowie. <laughs> At one point, Bernardo said, You're doing such a good job, Leslie, a damn good job. Then he added, The next two hours are going to determine what I do to you. Right now, you're scoring perfect. On another segment of tape played at Bernardo's trial, the assault escalated. Mahaffey cried out in pain and begged Bernardo to stop. In the crown description of the scene, he was sodomizing her while her hands were bound with twine. Later, Mahaffey told Bernardo that her blindfold seemed to be slipping an ominous development as it signaled the possibility that she might be able to identify both her tormentors if permitted to live. The following day, Bernardo claimed Homolka fed her a lethal lethal dose of Halcyon. Homolka claimed that instead, Bernardo strangled her. The pair put her body into the basement. After the Homolkas and their remaining daughter, Lori, had left, now she's, Leslie is dead in the basement while The Bernardos are hosting the Homolkas upstairs for some sort of uh, holiday dinner. Yeah. So after the Homolkas left, they decided the best way to dispose of the evidence would be to dismember Leslie Mahaffey and encase each piece in cement. Bernardo bought a dozen bags of cement at a hardware store the following day. He kept the receipts, which would prove damning at his trial. Bernardo used his grandfather's circular saw to cut the body. Bernardo and Homolka then made numerous trips to dump the cement blocks in Lake Gibson, 18 kilometers south of Port de At least one of the blocks weighed 200 pounds, improved beyond the pair's uh, patience or abilities to sink. It rested near the shore where a father and son on a fishing expedition discovered it on June 29,
1: 1991. Well, in quick timeline on that. So you have... The Tammy Homoka, the sister, mm-hmm. that was done on December 23rd, 1990. 1990. So Jane Doe was June 7th, 1991. 1990. Mm-hmm. Leslie Mahaffey, two weeks later, mm-hmm. two weeks in a day. Yep. On June 15th, and uh, or not two weeks, one week, mm-hmm. uh, which is amazing that it would just go at, at this point. But what they also said as locals is where they dumped off the bridge. They said that uh, any local that knew that area said that that was the dumbest place. place to
0: put it. To put it because
1: the the level of the water would always go down.
0: It was like three feet or something. And they in were that, like, it, was, it would be impossible yeah, to, and to hide anything. In that
1: spring in season. Yeah. So you'd have the winter thaw where a bunch of water would come through. Yep. And this is where I think you know, it's hard to say how much planning is with some of this stuff. They clearly were off the hook. Like yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of planning yeah, other than I they wanted think to they do were, something. It was like
0: a whim thing.
1: I think it's just like their relationship. Yeah. Just very neurotic.
0: Yeah. Basically. Mm-hmm.
1: And then it's funny because when Bernardo's interviewed on this, because again, this is kind of Homolka's story. A lot of it is a Homolka's story and we're coming to that after one more victim. Yeah. But, but the fact is, is Bernardo said, basically, the, with the blindfold falling off, it allowed uh, Leslie Mahaffey to see Bernardo's face. And he said that Homoka was concerned that Mahaffey would identify Bernardo and report him to the police. Mm-hmm. So Bernardo claimed that Homoko planned to murder Mahaffey by injecting an air bubble into her bloodstream, triggering right. an air embolism. Yep. So this is where... Later on, you're seeing these separate accounts, and there's a reason for it. Yeah. Uh, so, Kristen French next.
0: Well, Leslie Mahaffey was ultimately identified by her orthodontic appliance.
1: Yeah. yeah. Otherwise,
0: they they would have never they known they who, yeah. never would have known who she was. Yeah. Um, Kristen French, on the afternoon of April sixteenth, nineteen ninety two, Bernardo and Hamolka were driving through Saint Catherine's to look for potential victims. It was after school hours on the day before Good Friday. Students were still going home, but by and large, the streets were empty. As they passed Holy Cross Secondary School, a main Catholic high school in the city's north end, they spotted Kristen French, a 15-year-old student, walking briskly to her nearby home. The couple pulled into the parking lot at nearby Grace Lutheran Church, and Homolka got out of the car, map in hand, pretending to need assistance. As French looked at the map, Bernardo attacked from behind, brandishing a knife and forcing her into the front seat of their car. From her backseat, Homolka controlled the girl by pulling down her hair. French took the same route home every day, taking about 15 minutes to get home in order to attend to her dog's needs. Soon after she should have arrived, her parents became convinced that she had met with foul play and notified police. Within 24 hours, Niagara Regional Police, or NRP, had assembled a team and searched the area along her route and found several witnesses who had seen the abduction from different aspects, thus giving police a fairly clear picture. In addition, one of Kristen's shoes was recovered from the parking lot, and this underscored the seriousness of the abduction. Over the three days of Easter weekend, Bernardo and Homolka videotaped themselves as they tortured, raped, and sodomized Kristen French, forcing her to drink large amounts of alcohol and to behave submissively to Bernardo. At Bernardo's trial, Crown Prosecutor Ray Houlihan said that Bernardo always intended to kill her because she was never blindfolded and was capable of identifying her captors. Mm -hmm. While Bernardo was out buying pizza on April 18th, he was spotted by Carrie Patrice, whom he had stalked the previous month. Her report to NRT was mishandled by police, as noted by Judge Archie Campbell in his 1995 inquiry into the police investigation of Bernardo's crimes, thus negating any chance of Kristen French's being discovered at the Bernardo home. The following day, the couple murdered French before going to the Homolkas for Easter dinner. Homolka testified at her trial that Bernardo had strangled French for exactly seven minutes while she watched. Bernardo said Homolka beat her with a rubber mallet because she had tried to escape and that French ended up being strangled on a noose tied around her neck secured to a hope chest. Immediately thereafter, Homolka went to fix her hair. French's nude body was found in a ditch on April 30th, 1992, in Burlington, approximately 45 minutes from St. Catherine's, and a short distance from the cemetery where Leslie Mahaffey is buried. It had been washed, and the hair had been cut off. It was originally thought that the hair was removed as a trophy, but Homolka testified that the hair had been cut to impede identification.
1: So now we get to this situation where, in real life, what was happening— because no one knew what was going on, these girls were dying.
0: No, they had they, they had, just had no knew idea. That there
1: was just these rapes, and these girls were dying, yeah. and they had no explanation for it. Yeah. So then, at this point, and I'm not going to rattle off a bunch of dates because we got to rip through the trial through right. here. So basically, Carla Homoka comes into the station, and yeah. she was abused. Yep. This is the picture of her with the black eyes, yeah, and, and all that, and she blows the lid off of paul, paul bernardo of, yep and says look i have some information for you and she proceeds to go through and talk about how she's with this um scarsborough or not <laughs> scarsborough um she she
0: initially gave up that he killed leslie Mahaffey. well no no
1: he she comes out and says that he's basically the Scarborough rapist. She's uh-huh. like, I'm I'm with him. He said that on our honeymoon. And she uh claims that she didn't know anything that was going on before then. Right. She confesses to the point of knowing that he killed her sister and these other women he she realizes well. And she plays this victim card. She does. Comes in and plays the victim card to a T and they eat it up. They eat it up entirely because here's the problem with the case. They had nothing on Paul Bernardo. Correct. Nothing at all. They didn't know about the DNA at this point. They didn't know any of it. So what they needed was they needed Carla to nail Paul oh, Bernardo. Yeah. And She this was is,
0: really all that they had.
1: And this It really is all that they had. And this is how the legal system gets complicated. Yeah. So what they did is they made a deal with her an an incredible deal.
0: Yeah, she told them that there were uh tapes well, of of the assaults.
1: But before we get to that. So the the trials getting crazy at this point. And this is before her arraignment. They do a publication ban. Now in the states they don't do this. Mm-hmm. But the publica- the publication ban was to protect uh you know, Bernardo's right to a fair trial and uh it was um un- imposed on Homolka's preliminary inquiry. The Crown, which is the prosecution, had applied for the ban imposed on July 5th, 1993. And the justice said that basically, you know, everybody supported it, saying that there would just be this prejudice because they knew it was going to be big news. Mm -hmm. So at this whole time, there's a publication ban. They can't talk about the case. They the press can't doesn't talk get
0: about her uh, plea deal. No, they, to, they can't talk about the testify. plea deal. They can't yeah. talk
1: about anything other than yeah. there's just a case. Yep. They don't get any information. They don't get any information on what's being done, what's been uh, observed or collected as evidence. And at this point, this is where Carla comes out and explains to the prosecution that there are these tapes. Yes. She doesn't know where they are. Right. She has no idea, but there were tapes that were taken. Yes. And, and she gives her version of all this. And all of it is, is she's, I had to do this because I felt like if I didn't do it, he was going to kill me. Yeah. Yeah. So the prosecution is saying, okay, we can use this perfect person,
0: this angel
1: here, sort of, got her hands dirty in some things. But they felt they could word it as she had to do this in order to persevere. And on the uh, the hearing or the arraignment on May 18th, 1993, she was arraigned on two counts of manslaughter and Bernardo was charged with two counts of kidnapping, unlawful confinement, aggravated sexual assault and first degree murder, as well as one of dismemberment. And this was the quote unquote plea bargain that she did with the Crown in the spring. Yes. And it was clear that the Crown's case against Bernardo depended on Homolka's evidence. Correct. If they didn't have Homolka's evidence, it was done. They didn't
0: have a case against Bernardo so, because when they executed the search warrants, the Crown was not able to locate
1: so the, the that, tapes. Yeah, that's the next thing I'm getting at. So they were at the house for 90 plus days. I it think was it was re- 93. It was ridiculous. And they tore the house apart and they couldn't find the tapes. No. They couldn't find it anywhere. So now Homolka's got her deal set. Yes and her deal was uh 12 years and she could be out as soon as 4 years yes. on good behavior yep. and that was the deal she set mm-hmm. now the funny part is is the the first prosecutor or the first defense attorney that paul bernardo had was uh paul bernardo let him know where the tapes were
0: drew him a map
1: and he drew him a map and he went with his legal uh assistant yep into the house yep. went directly into the bathroom pulled Took
0: out the light fixture pulled
1: out the light fixture and boom there's the tapes and this attorney did nothing with the tapes he
0: sat on them because he, his whole thing was he wanted to play those tapes in court to show that yeah. carlo wasn't as Honorable as she yeah, was, but as it, she but was claiming. Screwed,
1: but it's one of the like biggest legal blunders ever.
0: Yes, because you're supposed to disclose it immediately. Yeah,
1: and it basically makes it a, a big issue. Yes. So so he sits on it. Paul eventually gets a new attorney. Yes. And this new attorney grabs the tapes and uses them he
0: he gives immediately. Them to the crown gives immediately. them to the crown
1: immediately. And now prosecution's in a weird position. Because these tapes have Carla involved in everything. She's an active she's participant. She's an active participant. Yeah. They show her that, you know, she's an active participant in the sister's death. She's yes. an active participant in these other deaths. And it now is in a very strange spot. So they go through this. This is where the documentary was really, really good in showing this. Because mm-hmm. they only showed those tapes to the jury. If you were in the court, you basically heard him, but that was it. But the jury was the only ones that saw him. And the jury testimonials of the people that they did contact said it was just insane to watch. The tapes are no no longer available. They've all been burned and destroyed. Yes. And I think that was a cool move just to get moving and and move on. Yeah.
0: And it should be noted that She said he killed them. He told everyone that she killed them. And the murders are not on the tapes. And
1: this is the problem I'm getting at with the tapes is, like, it shows all this buildup. It shows doing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, to certain degrees. But the problem they had, and this is where they depended on Homolka so much, is they didn't have any evidence even after all of this. Who actually killed these girls? Cause, for example, the one with Easter Dinner, where they were talking about um uh Kristen French. Yeah. Bernardo's take on it was that Hamulka wanted her dead because she didn't want to want that on her mind that someone was there that she could escape while they well, were at her, Easter yeah. dinner. Yep. And that was Bernardo's story. And Hamulka put the story of that. Just Bernardo did it. It was done, right? Bob's your uncle, and this gets into the whole place where you're. You hear that Canada or Canada made <laughs> a deal, deal with the devil. with the devil, and they yeah. did. Yeah, they did make a deal with the devil because at the they both should have been.
0: They should have been tried together. They
1: should have been tried together,
0: and had that initial lawyer.
1: Brought the tapes Brought those
0: tapes to the crown like he was supposed to, by law, as an attorney. Yeah. Kind of hard to miss the fact that, how how do you miss that? How do you not know you're supposed to disclose this? And because of it, the crown made a deal with the devil.
1: They really, really did. And what is terrible of this whole thing is Bernardo's locked away and they've thrown the key. I mean, he's, yeah. he's pretty much locked away. She basically did. It was something like four or six years, and um, she got released. She
0: was released from prison on July 4th, 2005, several days before Bernardo was interviewed by um, police and his lawyer, Tony Bryant. According to Bryant, Bernardo claimed that he had always intended to free the girls he and Homolka kidnapped. However, once Mahaffey's blindfold fell off, allowing Mahaffey to see Bernardo's face, Amolka was concerned that Mahaffey would identify Bernardo and what happened happened.
1: And and I'm going to circle around to that in a moment, but, but the whole thing is, is yeah, she got out in four to six years. Yeah. Just trying to wrap the case up. Yeah. And, and after she was paroled, she got in a romantic relationship. Uh, she married her lawyer's brother and gave birth to their two sons and a daughter. Mm-hmm. And they, were i think at this point of this writing they were living in a small town in Quebec and yeah you it know a, it was a mostly french speaking town and she, she was ch- working
0: for the school she
1: changed her name and she was working for a school yeah and then the community found out who it was yeah and just lost their fucking shit which they should
0: and she ha- she couldn't understand she, why all of a sudden all of these people were she she got fired from her job she couldn't understand why yeah she couldn't understand why all these people were so mad at her and it's like um I don't know maybe because you're a piece of shit
1: yeah no and this is where I get into the psychologists yeah and the forensic psychologists because. What I can't believe is after learning all of this and reading all of this and watching the shows and reading this and that, these psychologists still, there's a lot of them that still want to paint Carla Homolka as a victim. Yeah. And it just makes my head explode. Yeah. And this is where I have a hard time with psychology because I could bring up other cases where they do try to support this one person that was a victim. And it's like she was with him. From 1987 all the way through. Now, all she, of the rapes and everything that he confesses to. See, this is the thing. I'll give Bernardo credit where credit's due. He's just sitting there saying, Yeah, no, I did this. I did yep. that. I did this. I did that. Yeah. Now, he didn't craft this whole crazy story. No. Which she's done the whole time. Yeah. And I'm sorry. But at the end of the day, you want one thing where I can't see this woman being a victim? It's the sister. Yeah. She Everything, gave she, him her she sister. She gave him her sister. She participated in it. Yes. Covered it up. She and sexually moved on.
0: assaulted she, her sister. She
1: sexually assaulted him. But then even after that, she went to all the funeral services. Oh, yeah. She did all that. She led that whole thing through. You can't believe a fucking thing that comes out of this girl's mouth. Exactly. At all. Yeah. Period. Yeah. End of statement. Yeah. And I got to laugh when I read these. And this was this one that I read of many, you know, and that's where I don't want to bag this Dr. Clarissa Cole on thecriminalcode.com, But the fact is, is it just, you can't give this person an ounce of any kind of anything. She wasn't helpless. No. She wasn't, People pleasing, which is what some want to say. And she bounces back and forth from that in this article. But the fact is, is what also people have to understand is she went out with her friends often. Yeah. She went out and hung out with other people often. And with somebody who would be, quote unquote, that controlling would never fricking happen. She had every chance to get away from this guy. She did. Every chance. And even her closest friends in the documentary say that. Yes. She had every single chance to get yeah, out of there. She
0: could have left at any time.
1: Yeah. And yep. that's where I think, quite honestly, she's worse than him. I agree. I, they're both terrible.
0: Did you know she wrote a letter to her mother, father, and her sister?
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Where she said, this is the hardest letter I've ever had to write, and you'll probably all hate me once you read it. I've kept this inside myself for so long, and I just can't lie to you anymore. Both Paul and I are responsible for Tammy's death. Paul was, quote, in love, end quote, with her and wanted to have sex with her. He wanted me to help him. He wanted me to get sleeping pills from work to drug her with. He threatened me and physically and emotionally abused me when I refused. No words I can say can make you understand what he put me through. So stupidly, I agreed to do as he said. But something, maybe the combination of drugs and the food she ate that night, caused her to vomit. I tried so hard to save her. I'm so sorry, but no words I can say can bring her back. I would gladly give my life for hers. I don't expect you to ever forgive me, for I will never forgive myself. Carla, XOXO. It should be noted that there is evidence of her dressing in her sister's clothes Um, after the sister is dead, talking like her, acting like her, essentially trying to be her her. for Paul. Yeah. So you're going to tell me that, oh, he threatened me and physically and emotionally abused me. I can't make you understand what he put me through. Really? Then why did you do all of this? You literally did everything.
1: Everything. Everything. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 I'm going
0: to say his big mistake was beating her. I bet if he had never raised a hand to her, she would have stayed. Well, and this would have continued.
1: Here's the other thing. Did he beat her?
0: That was the other thing I wanted to talk That's to you about. It's just a good question. You know, I, it's a
1: good question. Did yeah. he beat her? I mean, you know, I'm sure there might be some witnesses or testimony or something that corroborates with that. But I mean, we can only get through so much of this at mm-hmm. a at a certain time. But it's, you know, did he really beat her? Yeah, you know, or did she? Or did she
0: do it herself? Did she
1: do it herself, or did she have someone do it for her? you know? Because I mean, the
0: only thing you can see in the pictures, or at least the pictures that they showed in the documentary, show, yeah, is the black eyes. The black eyes, yeah, that's it. Yeah, and I mean, could do that any number of ways.
1: Yeah, who knows? And that's where I'm saying, like, all bets are off with with these two. And like right. I said, just the fact that he starts all these rapes in '87 when they met,
0: yeah. They're together. I
1: just, I'm sorry. I, I really can't. And this is the problem where you do cut sentences of people that do bad things. Yep. And all that because now you have this person that's existing in the world today who did all of this. Yeah. And she's complaining that she can't go anywhere and live a peaceful life. Right. That she can't move yeah. on and all that. And it's like, well. What
0: about the people that you killed? Make
1: good choices. (laughs) Yeah. You know, if you didn't do all this bullshit, you'd have, you you wouldn't have much of a problem with it. Yeah. And the show.
0: If the, in the plea deal with the crown, they never make any reference to her being part of the sexual assault. So because sexual assault isn't listed in her quote unquote charges of what she pled guilty to she doesn't she doesn't and she didn't have to register as a sex offender that's how she was able to change her name and just yeah. go about her life yeah and no do what i she mean wants it's to do.
1: it's crazy this is something that the legal system has to examine thoroughly to make sure it never happens again yeah and here's the thing she she had this pattern of just weird relationships she got in a romantic relationship with a female inmate while in prison mm-hmm. and that was uh they were, conv- uh, she was convicted of uh robbery. Uh, she had another relationship, a pen pal relationship with a male convicted murderer mm-hmm. that Homoka crossed paths with in jail. And it seemed like, you know, this is one of those people that just likes to be yeah in this, this chaos. And I had to laugh cause this pointed me to the whole psychological end of it where they give Bernardo this test of uh, a sociopath. Right. And they said that he tested the highest that anyone's ever tested on it. Yep. Just like abnormally okay. high. Now they give the same test to her and she comes out normal. And I, I said I
0: think that's a bunch of bullshit. No, and no. She lied in her answers. That's what I'm getting yeah. at.
1: You're talking about a massively manipulative person. Yeah. A crazy manipulative yeah. person.
0: She's a sociopath.
1: Well, yeah. She mm-hmm. killed her fucking sister. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And had sex with her and, you know, dressed up like her after. You know, I mean, it just, you're not yeah. dealing with a normal person here. And this is where I just have a problem with psychology in this regard. Right. Is they believe all their own bullshit of their tests. If someone took the test and that's right. the facts. yeah and that no one can manipulate their tests, which is crazy.
0: It should be noted that while she was confined, they had to keep moving her around because she was having issues wherever she was. Wherever, yeah. And the Joliet prison, I think that's where she wanted to spend the rest of her term. She she felt that that was the only place in Canada where she wouldn't be murdered.
1: And here's the funny part. Bernardo... He's been in two prisons the whole time.
0: Yeah. Two. Yeah. yeah. No. They, I, they, and like they I said, I'm the, not
1: trying to paint Bernardo as an angel. The guy's no. a fucking piece of shit. Yeah. But the fact is, is this, and this just goes across the board, and this is what men have a problem with. Mm-hmm. And this is the landmine I'm going to dance on for a bit that I warned you okay. about before we got into this. This is the this is the shit that pisses off men from a great deal, mm-hmm. is that you would see this here And a guy would see this behavior from this woman as black and white as day. Right. Most men. Right. I'll say. Yes. Not men that have a shitload of problems and issues. Because that's both genders in that regard. It's the fact that you have females that just are, there's always that female, you know, that's attracted to the wrong guy. Yeah. You could have a hundred men in a room, 99 and of them she's are gonna, awesome. She's going to pick the and worst. She's gonna one. She's going to pick yeah. the one worst one every single yep. time. And the fact is, is that's where you got to do a self-analysis of yourself and say, what the fuck am I looking for out of someone? Yeah. What is it that I want? And what is it that I crave? Right. Those are two really good questions to ask. Mm-hmm. I had to ask that because mm-hmm. for the longest time I was just getting toxic woman after toxic woman mm-hmm. after toxic woman. And then I realized and I learned it off of one relationship and it crosses me to this day because it just it just showed me how manipulative and self-gaining women can be towards men. Mm -hmm. And I dated this one woman for uh, months and I thought in my mind it was really good. Mm -hmm. I thought it was moving in a great direction, but the whole time it was just to make her ex jealous. Yeah, that's it. And that's the manipulative shit that women do that don't even realize they're doing it.
0: Right, yeah.
1: Or they know they're doing it and they have no idea the effect it has on men. Right. And this gets into this whole, I'm going to say it for what it is, this toxic masculinity shit that everybody's talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. And it's a big problem. It really is. Because it's not just, you don't just have these guys that are-
0: Assholes. Broken. Yeah, yeah.
1: There's a reason they're broken. A lot of them are just because no one wants to hear them and listen to them. Right. A lot of them don't talk about their things and they're just brought up not to talk about it. Right. Do some push-ups. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Where women talk, fuck, you can't even go to the bathroom by yourselves. You got to fucking talk about everything while you're peeing. Exactly. You know, it's a different, it's a different method and it's a different deal. And that's where women are never going to understand men and men are never going to understand women. Yeah. And this is a case where you look at this and I look and like the, even just a psychiatrist, I would see like a woman wrote this, a male wrote that. I started yeah. doing it. I started reading it and making the guess. I'm like, right. yeah, this is a female. Boom. It's a female. Yep. Boom. This is a male, you know, because they just wouldn't let this one person get off of anything. Yeah. Or she was the victim. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a crazy, crazy situation at this point. and, this is where I think the whole toxic masculinity thing just shines bright mm-hmm. off of this case. Yeah. And and you have this guy who... They
0: painted him as the horrible...
1: And they had to.
0: ...abusive, murdering piece of shit, and she was just the victim.
1: Yeah, and they had to because they didn't have those tapes at right. the time. Yeah. And that's really the big the big issue there is if they had those tapes, she would have been right oh, side yeah, by would have side, been side by side. But the fact is, is that the prosecution was so blood, were they blood hungry about it or she just wrapped them up? And I think she wrapped them up.
0: I, I think, yeah. At the I end think of the a, day, a little bit of both. They I, wanted oh, him, I
1: think, I think they just fell they, enamored with her. Yeah. She was pretty. Yeah. You know, she they spoke bought
0: her story. Hook, line, they and bought sinker.
1: it hook, line and sinker. And, and again, that's a thing that like guys won't, Ever understand is that whole victim thing? Because guys just don't get that victim card. Yeah, guys now are being blamed for things that happened five hundred fucking years ago. Yeah, and yeah. and and guys are just like, well, you know, it wasn't me. Oh no, nope, nope. You're a jerk. You're yeah, an asshole. You did and, it. Yeah, and Cause it's your dude
0: because <laughs> <'cause> you've <laughs> got you, a dick because you did it too. You're
1: a breeder, you know, well, or whatever. And
0: I just want to say. As a victim of domestic violence, I would just yeah. like to state for the record that I um, have not provided either of my sisters as a gift to anyone. I have not <laughs> raped and or killed anyone. I have n- managed to be what I feel is a functioning member of society. Mm-hmm. Like, um, yeah. you know, I don't know. It. I kind of feel like maybe I'm a little bit stronger in some ways. I didn't take this path. It no. never further. It never even occurred to me.
1: <laughs> well, and yeah, but you also hear from me like the biggest problem I have, like I'll sit around and I'll hear some ladies talking about like, you know, how their their man is a jerk and how he's an asshole and mm-hmm. or he's stupid and all that stuff and it's yeah. like you chose him. Yeah. Like at the end of yeah, the day, the, yeah. cause let's just be honest. Yeah. And again, this is where it's going to get dirty. And if you're sensitive with things, I might hurt your feelings a bit. And you know what? So fucking be it. Cause it's the truth. I'm speaking of it from a man's perspective. Mm-hmm. And the fact is, is if I go out today mm-hmm. and were to walk around by myself, you know how many offers I'm going to get to fucking hang out with someone or get to know someone better. Even if I actively pursue it, I could probably get at the most three to four women to be like, yeah, maybe you could text me or something yeah. like that mm-hmm. where you could go out and you're just getting, a you're getting yeah, just pounded with guys left and right. Yeah. And, and the fact is, is, you know, you're the selectors and there's a reason for that yes. because if you weren't a selector and you just took anything like a guy, yeah, we'd have 18 times more of the population. We, <laughs> yes. there'd just be, we'd be squished, <laughs> exactly, yeah. you know, And that's where I don't get where it's like, you know, I can't level with you as a selector to complain about who you chose. Yeah. And then here's even worse is once a female's in love, and I'm not saying guys aren't like this either because they are. Yeah. But for females, it's more of a price to pay. Yeah. Because if a female's in love with someone, you can't talk them out of that.
0: No. As a matter of fact, if you try to talk them out of it, the more in love they're going to fall with with said piece of shit. Exactly. Yeah. And all of a sudden, oh, you don't know him like I do. Yeah, no. I can fix him. Ladies, you can't fix shit.
1: No, you can't. You can't fix that person like anyone can fix you.
0: Yeah. If you buy a pineapple and you take it home, it's never going to be an orange. It's never going to be a watermelon. (laughs) It's always going to be a pineapple because you know what? You bought a pineapple. So if you pick the horribly abusive or flawed or meandering dude, that's what you picked. Yeah. You did not pick the stable, you know, got his head on his shoulders, got a uh, the whole world, you know, by the balls, and he's just, you're his center. You didn't pick that guy. You picked the... I'm just trying to figure things out, man. Well,
1: no, and this this becomes back to what is it that you're after versus yes. what is it that you're attracted to. Yes. And this gets back to what I was talking about with my story where I was attracted to the exact opposite thing I was after. Uh-huh. I was attracted to all of these traits, and it took me like four or five crash and burns to realize that. That I, you know, because I remember just saying, you know what, Maybe I'm doing the wrong thing here. Right. Maybe it's me. I can't be just running into the most broken person in the room every fucking time. There's a point where, like, even just odds and betting and coincidence is, like, way past the mark on it. Yeah. And I did. I realized I was after these wrong things. Mm -hmm. And I also wasn't communicating well. Right. I would sell myself to anything to get laid at one point, you know. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever yeah, it was, yeah. yeah, no, I do that, yeah. you know, and that's and women do the same thing that want a connected relationship. They'll agree to anything. Yeah, I
0: love rom coms. They're my favorite. Yeah, and you'd have
1: that <laughs> friend where you turn and look and be like, "Bitch, you don't like that," you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like who are you fooling? Who the fuck are you fooling? You know, yeah. and I, it's just insane. Yeah, and this gets into. I just, I want to throw some statistics out. Okay. And again, these are stats that are true. Yes. It's not made up. If you know, the sources are literally anywhere. I'm not going to put, put the sources out. You can, but children from single parent households, overwhelmingly single mothers account for 80% of rapists motivated by displaced anger. Yes. And that's. I know some people are just going to hear that, oh, single mothers, blah, 80%. No, displaced anger. Yes. Because that's the problem men have right now is displaced anger. Yes. What happens is is when a man feels cheated or a boy Mm -hmm. and they feel like they're not treated the same, they get angry. Mm -hmm. And that anger can manifest into rage. Yep. And that rage can manifest into something that they wouldn't even imagine they would have done normally.
0: Right, yes.
1: And, and that's, they need that displacement. Mm-hmm. And so you got to ask yourself, how is this rape culture forming? Mm-hmm. And basically, 43% of boys are raised by single mothers. 78% of teachers are female. So basically, what this aggregates up to is almost fifty percent of boys have one hundred percent feminine influence while at home, mm-hmm. and an eight out of ten chance of a hundred percent influence at school. Right. It isn't. This is a masculine, a lack of masculinity for Correct. for boys. You
0: need that male perspective. Yeah, young boys especially need that male perspective. It's so vital, ladies. I'm just going to say this. As someone who was a babysitter and I have a brother and sisters, boys are 100% different from girls.
1: Way different.
0: And if if a boy only has that female perspective and they don't have that male perspective, they don't know.
1: They, have they no, don't know.
0: They don't know what to do with themselves. You
1: basically have just wrapped up dynamite. Yes. In an egg carton. Yes. It's really what you've done. Yes. And I say this as a 46-year-old male who grew up in a house with a dad who was a Vietnam vet. Mm -hmm. He was a broken guy. Yeah. He really was. My dad tried fucking hard. Yes. But the problem was at the end of the day, he was raised in the south side of Chicago. Mm -hmm. He he didn't graduate high school. Mm -hmm. He left. I know all these stats, folks. And I'm even just a white middle-aged dude. I grew up around all what happens in that environment. My dad left Chicago to volunteer to go to Vietnam. He didn't get drafted. He volunteered to go.
0: Because that was the better choice. Because he was
1: thinking that was the better choice than South Side of Chicago life. Yeah. And went through Vietnam, did the best he could, Mm -hmm. and came back just a broken guy yeah there's my dad would my dad would blow his stack if you asked for the ketchup wrong yeah and he would blow his stack up vein coming out of his neck and his forehead screaming and hollering scare the shit out of you but yeah. here's the thing and this is what I want to tell all these mothers out here and single mothers is when he got kicked out of the house when I was thirteen. I pumped my fist, and you want to know why? Because I knew I could pull my mom's strings any way possible. Yep. I went you from could having, get away
0: with anything, and you could do whatever you want.
1: I went from having one day no power into the house to having all, all the power. Yeah. And mothers need to understand this. Yeah. You need big bad mama back. Yeah. None of this. Nope. Why are, you know, please, please, yeah. Timothy, don't. You
0: shouldn't make better choices. Please don't. Are you going to use your stop. Words?
1: And I see it out in public all the mm-hmm. time. Please stop. Please don't. It's like you are creating a monster. Yeah. You don't know it yet. Suit up. You you don't know what's yeah. going to happen. And for the single mother that's sitting here, if you're still fucking listening. Yeah. But the single mother and even the other mother, it's, listen, you got to have your boys around good role models. And that's what got me at the end of the day. Yes. I had two friends and their dads were great men. Yes. Amazing men. Yes. My grandfather, an amazing man. Yes. My dad, an amazing man when he wanted to be. Yeah. But just wasn't all the time until he got older. Mm -hmm. Now, like, we have this great relationship. We're inseparable. Mm -hmm. He's a great man now. Yeah. Because he even has said, I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm sorry this happened to you and I'm sorry that happened to you. Right. It takes massive men to do that. It does. And I feel sorry for the woman who made a bad choice with a guy, but that's where I'm saying the selection process is up to you. Yes. Because the selection process isn't up to me. And if it was, I have nothing to lose. I don't get pregnant. I don't get the child. True. This is a harsh reality that I think women need to hear. Yeah. And I know they're saying it. Well, I know. I'm a woman. It's like, well, then stop. stop. Do better. Just do better. Tell this guy I'm not interested yeah. in you. If, if he you're keeps... with a
0: piece of shit and you can't stand going home every day, you know what? You're probably with the wrong person. Yeah. Move on.
1: Move on. Write a
0: sad poem in your journal and
1: move on. It's, it's a short life. It's a short existence. Yes. And to waste it being unhappy yes. is not worth it. And that's where I like seeing a lot of women now being alone. Yes. I really, really dig it. I'm going to
0: be so bold as to say when you are by yourself and you're forced to deal with yourself, you become much more honest and true to yourself because you're like, you know what? I think what would actually be better. Best for me is X, Y, and Z.
1: Yeah, you get that self-analysis, but you also do. what you get is freedom. You do. If you're living by yourself or you're with a roommate who's a, another girl
0: right, A yeah. woman, mm-hmm.
1: you have this independence that you've created yourself, especially if you can live by yourself. If you yeah. can do that, you can afford it. Even if it's just scrap and buy, do it. Yeah, you're doing because you're going to understand how to console yourself when you're lonely. Yep. You're going to understand how to console yourself or, you know, or be there for yourself when good things happen. Mm -hmm. You're going to know how to take care of yourself. You're going to know how to cook meals for yourself. Mm -hmm. You're going to know how to take care of your apartment for yourself. You're going to know what you like because you buy something because you like it, not because you need to buy something to make you happy. And
0: also you don't need Someone else to be there in order for you to exist because you're doing it on your own. Exactly. It's nice if you can do it with someone else. But if at the end of the day you don't need them because you can do it on your own, that's actually more that you're bringing into a possible relationship. Well,
1: it's not even just that. It's just when you meet somebody, you're going to know whether they're taking things from you. Yes. Or adding to you. Yes. And that's the big question there.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Is, is this person taking from you or adding to yes. you? And it's not financially. No. It's emotionally. Yes. Once you live on your own, you're taking that full brunt of that. and mm-hmm. you got to provide everything. When you bring someone else into your life, they either take you away from things that your values, your morals, Mm -hmm. they take Mm -hmm. you away from that or they just take things from you. Yeah. Or they add to you. They add confidence. They add assurance. They add security. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, that's what a relationship is with somebody. Yes. Is security. Yes. Right down to its common denominator. Yes. And. I don't know how many times I used to hang out with women. and This is something I never heard from men. Well, it's free rent. Uh, You know, used to drive me nuts. It's like, I I worked with a girl a long time ago and she sat next to me and she complained about the guy she's with all fucking day. Yeah. And I just say, why don't you leave them? Yeah. Oh, it's free rent. Uh, It's like, really? Okay. Awesome. This is, this is what free, this is what a place to live in. You're willing to pay all of this. This is what you're willing to offer up Ladies.
0: and that's not,
1: and that's not enslavement. No, that's the the part that this is where I'm getting through this whole thing. It's not enslavement. It's not any of that. It's you're paying this price voluntarily. Yes. You could go out to anywhere. Mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be a bar. It could be a bookstore. It yep. could be a restaurant. Yep. It could be at your own job. There's two guys that want to know you better mm-hmm. and are often are willing to, to get to know you better. Mm-hmm. And that's where I hate this, just like this constant thing of hearing females where they're stuck. It's like, you got more options than guys will ever fucking have. Yeah. Period. End of the fucking statement. Mm -hmm. And if you don't believe me... Ken and Barbie killers Yeah, right here. Stop this settling. chick had the mm-hmm. world around her thumb. Yep. She had this guy under her thumb. Yep. She had her parents under her thumb. She had her friends under her thumb. Yep. She had the victims that she lured in under, under her, her thumb. thumb. She had the attorneys, the prosecutors under yeah. her thumb, the police. Yeah. Even outside yes. of this, outside of all of this, Which is the most amazing part of all of it is her attorney said, well, she's did her time and there is no reason why she can't exist in society with everyone else. She's got this asshole under her thumb. Yeah. Believe in all this bullshit because he's a he's an attorney. He should know the fact that she did all of this stuff. He might say, look,
0: dude, you saw the tapes.
1: Yeah. You know, and it's just it, it blows my mind. Yeah. There's no way a guy could pull this off. No. No way. It's impossible. Yeah. It's absolutely impossible. And she pulled it off effortlessly. Yeah. Just insane. Mm -hmm. Absolutely insane. I think it's a true case of manipulation. Yeah, I think it's a true case of manipulation on all fronts. It was like a I perfect said, storm. And like these I said, I am not. Who
0: never should have got together no and way. when they were together, yeah. they brought out the absolute worst in each worst other.
1: Worse than each other. And that's where I say all this stuff starts in 87 when they got together. Yep. And I, yep. I remember telling you that earlier. It's like these two were just, they were nitroglycerin. Yep. And you put them, you know, one was a match, one was nitroglycerin. Boom. To, yeah. And to get, you know, apart, not so bad. Right. But together they brought the worst out in each other. They did. And they,
0: did. And they magnified the worst. Yeah. in each Yeah. And I
1: hate to get on the shout box of it, but I think it's just that textbook example, extreme example of just the choices you make in your life of who you have near you. Mm-hmm. Cause like, again, the sociopathic test, and this is what I'm ending this all on is he scored off the charts of that sociopathic test. And they say, oh, a sociopath has no feelings. None of that stuff. He loved this girl. Yeah. He did all this with her. Yeah. And he played the show. I I laugh how people say, oh, a sociopath, when they integrate with society, they're just doing it to make appearances. Mm -hmm. You watch him in that video and he's just hanging out with the family. Yeah. Laughing. Having a great time. You know, we're not talking, like, there's two types of sociopaths. In my opinion, and this is where psychology's got it wrong. Yeah, there's the Jeffrey Dahmer. Yes, who's the recluse shut in? They're
0: the sociopaths that give textbook. in to all of those horrible yeah, tendencies but, and urges. But
1: it's the textbook, yep, example of sociopath. sociopath. Yep, where they can't really hang out with anyone. Mm-mm. They really mm-hmm. they can't love someone. Mm-hmm. They can't have empathy towards someone. Yeah. You you have that Jeffrey mm-hmm. Dahmer to me is the poster boy of that. Yes. Then you have this guy and like Ted Bundy. Yeah. who just have it all. Yeah. They have all those bad traits of a sociopath, got the charisma. but they but they also got all of that Acceptance and giving an emotional yep. capability. Because yep. I hate to, say, I just hate that statement. where They don't feel any emotion. Mm. You mean to tell me he doesn't feel any emotion when he's raping a girl?
0: Ted Bundy felt so much emotion that all of his victims looked like the woman that the broke woman his that heart. The woman that broke his
1: heart, exactly. And yeah. what gets me is, is that a psychologist can't put the dots of this after 10 years. It should of also fucking be school? noted
0: that there are a bunch of people who have scored off the charts on the sociopath test. And they're normal. And have never murdered not one yeah. person, yeah. not one animal. Yeah. They've not gotten in trouble no. with the law or anyone yeah. else. As a matter of fact, they're high functioning members of society. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean.
1: Yeah, no, I just but the Ted Bundy and like this guy uh Bernardo. Yeah. It's like the I don't want to hear they don't have emotion. They don't have this. They don't have mm-hmm. they it's displaced emotion. That's the problem. Yeah. They have too much of it. Yeah. And and they have it in the they have it invested in the wrong box. Yes. You know. Yeah. I I'm not saying that that's all these guys needed was uh, a couple hobbies like golf and tennis or something like that or I mean it might or, not have you hurt know, video, yeah no <laughs> I this is where I get where I think people are just broken uh, yeah but uh, yeah but this here is kind of that Bonnie and Clyde case where you get two people together that just yep. shouldn't have been together yeah but I also think everything happens for a reason. Mm-hmm. And these two got together so we could have these types of discussions. This gets back to the beginning of the podcast and yeah. why we have to talk about these different things and we have to get knee deep into them Yes, because they do bring out these pimples and these zits yep. and these little bumps and crevices yep. of things that you need to know yes. and that you need to it get exists. a hold on to exist in life. It because
0: happens. Yeah. And you can't just pretend that it doesn't. It doesn't make it go away. If no. anything, it makes it worse.
1: Yeah. And, and, yeah. and that's where I'll be, like, the tapes, I kind of have a double-edged sword on them destroying them. I get it for the families. I yes. get it for all that. But also, I think they should have kept them because... People need to know what the hell Just real how evil shitty
0: people can really be. No, because this is yeah. real
1: evil. It is like we it's talk the about
0: embodiment. We of talk evil.
1: about evil on this show a lot. We do, and and no, we kind we of
0: would a show without it. No, no,
1: but I mean, but we kind of have a giant bucket that's called evil that we throw <laughs> yes. a lot of things in. But this right here is the evil.
0: It's the epitome of it. It yes. is.
1: It, this yes. is the epitome of evil. Mm-hmm. This gets back to Adolf Hitler. Like why I would have a lo- a dinner with him a if discussion. I could pick one person at the very least yes is to find out what real freaking evil looks like what it talks like yes. what it sounds like how yeah. they act to certain things mm-hmm. why they
0: how they present themselves how they, how they feel. carry themselves yeah like yeah. how they what feel tips them over and what happens when they get tipped over yeah and yeah. if you
1: want to erase all of this stuff you've I mean, like, learned nothing even if you believe that someone's a racist and like I, I don't even want to get into whether I agree with you that that person's a racist or not. Right. Don't take it down. Yeah. Cause that's all you're doing is driving that person. You're just basically putting a wall around you. Yes. That's all the censorship does. Yes. That's all of this cancel culture does is you're just built. If you're a cancel culture censorship wizard, you know, mm-hmm. like this is what you do. Even if you know it or not, what you are literally doing is you're building a brick wall All around you, that's about three feet away from your body. And that's all you have is this little container for yourself. And you can't talk to anybody. Yes, You can't discuss anything with anybody.
0: You need to also know that the people who are the worst and are in positions of power, the way they are able to carry out their methods of torture and abuse on people is by censoring the yeah. information, shutting down the information, yeah. only giving one side, and that's it. That's all you got. You're at, by shutting everything out and shutting everything down. You're actually creating the the environment where that shitty stuff can not only grow but thrive.
1: Yeah. No. It's 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 definitely it. Just because you shut it out doesn't mean it exists. It, it doesn't, doesn't exist, exist anymore. Yeah. And like I said, I don't know how we're going to get around it, but I thought it was kind of coincidental that all this was happening while we were doing this this one and uh
0: And I mean, what better way to celebrate Valentine's Day than the kebabs? Yeah. two. I feel terrific- bad for murderers yeah but i
1: feel bad for canada in this because like it's just a total sore spot for canada you know?
0: well they got duped and and yeah had they had access to those tapes i 100 believe oh, yeah. they would have made a different choice but and that just shows were...
1: where one person can screw it up for everybody for
0: everyone, yeah
1: it really does you know well they sit there and say oh it takes a village to raise someone it also can take one person to just to screw it up, it up for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah. And the problem is, is if everybody watches it happen, yeah, that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Thanks for going through this one with us. Yeah. It was a, uh, like I said, we're, we're, we're getting into these tougher ones and we're even trying to, we stare at each other like wrap it up, you know, yeah. but it's hard. <laughs> it's really hard, but yeah. we thank you for listening. We, uh, I was talking with Jen yesterday about how a great stat, uh, we've been maintaining our 90 day, uh, listening rates compared to the previous 90 days. And what it's showing, uh, is, is basically, uh, not a hundred percent, but, but it's just showing that a lot of you are hanging around and we really, really appreciate appreciate it. Happy Valentine's day to you. And, uh,
0: maybe don't murder anybody.
1: If one, you know, just a couple calls to action. If you could, uh, give us a good review on the podcast, you know, the platform you're listening to many of you listen on Apple podcasts and we'd really appreciate if you go down and give us a full five stars and, um, you know, whatever the stars are down there, six or five.
0: I think it's five.
1: And if you could leave a comment, that would be great. Uh, if you leave a comment, we will give you props on the show. Oh, yeah, we'll, we will share it on the we show. We will share it on the show. And uh, we would really appreciate it because it does help us. It does. It helps us a lot Um, in the future, even if we uh, are looking into sponsorships in some shape or form. Those comments uh, add a lot of value to us. Or
0: one of us has to become an actor or actress, yeah. or one of us has to become famous as a singer or in music or be a comedian because, <clears throat> honestly, that's the only other way we're going to build yeah.
1: it up yet. However, uh, the one thing that you've all been doing, and we love you for it, and we'll just keep asking if you can do it, and if you're new to the show, this is how we – uh have grown is if you know someone that's interested in this type of uh show please let them know yeah it's uh send uh our link oh the mm-hmm. and that's our website where they can get all the information they need about the yep. podcast
0: they can go to whatever
1: they can connect to their favorite source, platform yep and um and get to know a little about us uh on the way with it uh, if you have any questions, comments, or issues, again, you can email us at OTH at seriouslydecent.com.
0: If you're waiting for HR to reply, she won't.
1: Yeah, HR is a bit rough, but.
0: Yeah, she is.
1: Next week, Cult yeah, of the Month.
0: Our second installment of the Cult of the Month Club, and it's Heaven's Gate. Yes. Yay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, I. I like the idea of doing Heaven's Gate as we build up through these uh, Cult of the Months. And uh, yeah. what's nice about Heaven's Gate is that it's actually still going.
0: Yeah, their site is still up. The
1: site is still up. Uh, so if you want to do any kind of uh, prelim work, you can go the right fuck, to their website. <laughs> you know, they were supposedly all supposed to go yeah, in the space, but somebody's know. still pulling the levers. And we'll, uh, and we'll let you know who and how and why. All that juicy the, stuff. Yeah,
0: we'll tell you all all the deets.
1: The whatnots.
0: The who's and the what's-its.
1: So number one.
0: No Ouija boards. Number two. No dolls. Three. No capes. Four. No blood rituals. Five. No cults, satanic or otherwise. Seriously, guys, I don't know what the deal is, but boy, do we love a cult. Six. No apathy. You need to help enact a positive change in this world i swear to god we can do it (laughs) if it means standing up okay for this in uh, what we preached about stand up for censorship Mm. be like no their free speech is is there for a reason you gotta have the good the bad and the ugly because otherwise you're not gonna know there's good there's bad and there's ugly
1: correct and last but finally
0: certainly not least don't let the motherfucking black-eyed children in. Seriously, no. don't do it. Don't let them in. And don't give them ketchup for their apple. None. Not a bit.
1: You know that would be a good graphic for a mug.
0: An <laughs> yeah, apple exactly. with some
1: ketchup on it. Uh,
0: can I at least have ketchup for my apple? No, you creepy no, motherfucker. We'll, we'll, have eyed, we'll have a black. eyed. We'll
1: have a black-eyed kid on it with a whole <laughs> I like it. I'll have to talk to. Do a uh,
0: green apple. With the red ketchup, that way you can actually see the. Ketchup. I'll have to
1: talk to Mr. Sean Adams and see if he can uh,
0: make that work.
1: Make that graphic work.
0: Make it work, time, guys. Make yeah. it work.
1: I'll have to talk to him and see uh, see if he can. Tim Gunn, that like shit. That. Yeah. Make it happen. That could be uh, that could be a mug we could do for uh, promos or uh, not I promos, mean, but like.
0: What better gift to? Give yeah, we someone? could do a gift. <laughs> yeah,
1: we could do we could do that for gifts for. Uh, and oh, oh, the horror a fanatic, dead
0: face child with an apple. and yes. ketchup <laughs> our horror fanatics. I like it.
1: Yeah, we could do that for. Uh... Have
0: that be your mug for your uh, business meetings.
1: Yeah, <laughs> it's a great conversational that is, piece. Are you kidding me?
0: Be like, the fuck is on your mug? Yeah, you wouldn't even know if I told you.
1: It's <laughs> rule number seven. that's what it is. That's what we'll have. We'll have one in rule number seven, and on the back, it's that.
0: Oh my god, we could do, we could do each, each rule.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna talk to uh, Mr. Right. Sean Adams Let's about get this that. Going. Sean Start Adams, on the way, guys. Sean Adams, if you're listening, we gotta talk. I just came up with at least eight graphics pieces. I gotta have you churn up. So with that being said, have a lovely Valentine's Day. Have a wonderful week.
0: And for the love of God, make good choices.
1: (laughs) Take care.